0: A good conversation can shift the direction of change forever would you leave it to chance join the authors of design to change and explore this series of conversations with designers and event owners driven by the need and conversations with event owners and event designers who use the event canvas around the world this series explores the depths of conversations to elevate your abilities to look and act beyond the now. Episodes are hosted by Rudy Janssen, Rolf Friesen, Dennis Lehrer, and Paul Rukens, with illustrious changemakers, designers, and pioneers in the field of design and beyond. To explore these conversations and additional content, visit designtochange.online. For now, let's start the conversation. conversation.
1: All right, I'm joined, my name is Rudi Janssen, and I'm joined today here at IMAX 22 by Judith Sonic, who is with the Global Landscapes Forum. What you wouldn't believe, Judith, is I'm looking out onto forest, ocean, and canyon. Welcome.
2: Thank you so much. Happy it's to pleasure. be here. It's a
1: pleasure. Yeah. What brought you to IMAX?
2: So, at the Global Landscapes Forum, uh, I'm the person responsible for the event coordination of our events. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we have a lot of different types of events that we organize uh, throughout the year. Mm-hmm. On the one hand, we have uh, our global conferences that um, partly take part in uh, in uh, take place in um, just in digital form and then other events that uh, by now take place in a hybrid uh, form. So, yeah, of course, during the pandemic, we have moved away from um, the physical events. Mm-hmm. We actually already started before the pandemic to move into um, yeah exploring a little bit the hybrid world and mm-hmm. how we can make events more inclusive. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, now, uh, since uh, we are back to um, events that can also take place in person, I'm very happy to attend uh, yeah, the AMICS this year and uh, to get to know many different interesting people and options and yeah, an outlook on how the event industry will develop
1: in the future. <laughs> Absolutely, so you've come to the right place. We're at the Event Design Collective booth right now, right? Uh, we're in the middle of Hall 9, which is an experience zone where various things are happening. Tell us a little bit about the Global Landscapes Forum.
2: Yeah, as you just mentioned, it is quite a, a fitting spot here, uh, surrounded by the different hubs that are named after the different landscapes Mm -hmm. Um, the global landscapes forum is an international platform for sustainable land use Mm -hmm. Um, our mothership is the center for international forestry research in world agroforestry so those are research institutions Mm -hmm. and the global landscapes forum is a communications project that brings together the science but then also the traditional knowledge of the people and the actors that actually uh, live and work on the ground in the different landscapes, and that are usually also the most affected by climate change and and yeah and all the other topics um, like biodiversity, uh, also sustainable finance, how to mm-hmm. how to actually bring finance to those people. And so the Global Landscapes Forum is really all about um, connecting different stakeholders who work in the different landscapes and see how together we can find the most sustainable uh, solutions for these landscapes.
1: Wow. Sounds like a very important event where behavior is changed, right? Because also the landscape is continuously changing, I suppose. Uh, Some of that can be controlled. Others, parts of it cannot be controlled, I suppose. Absolutely. Very very much like participants at events or speakers or sponsors or contributors or any of the stakeholders that you just described for your specific event. Now, I'm curious, what what brought you to this part of IMEX 2022 and now we're sitting in a podcast? explain your journey
2: (laughs) (laughs) yes i will um so yeah it's quite funny i was actually just uh, walking around (laughs) to see what interesting things are going on here it's also unfortunately my only day here so i haven't had time uh, to check out everything yet Mm -hmm. um but yeah i was uh, immediately attracted by this booth because um, I have uh, yeah seen some things um, from the event design collective before mm-hmm. I think I've actually um, even seen you speaking in a in an online event before okay so um, yeah and since at the global landscapes forum uh, we have a very big and diverse team with people working all over the different time zones like We have people based in Germany, we have people based in Indonesia, we have people based in Brazil, Um, so it's really like all over the world Mm -hmm. and um, that makes it sometimes quite challenging as well to to find the right event design and also to make sure that everyone is aligned and um, yeah. uh, that everyone is on the same page basically yeah. um, and so we are always looking also for new opportunities uh, on how we can improve our event design how we can make it more feasible for the whole team mm-hmm. and uh, also how we can yeah, strengthen the creative process I would say yeah. so that also everyone can give their their input and their feedback and um, so that we really jointly create those events.
1: Yeah. So how big is the team that's involved in the event creation process and the event delivery process?
2: so that always depends because we have from really small events that can be a two-hour digital forum for example Mm -hmm. where obviously we have a much smaller team involved than we have at a two-day international conference with parallel sessions etc but i would say for the biggest events we do have just from the global landscapes forum team around uh, yeah, 40 people working on an event yeah. and then we bring in additional support uh, for especially for the live streaming and the digital setup of, of the event etc yeah. and also for the hybrid events it's yeah. <laughs> even more important to bring in additional support yeah.
1: yeah so it sounds like you have a fairly complex event with multi-stakeholder environments um, one of the things that um, you know you, you are looking at over the shoulder here on the on the back wall is a, is a project called design for good which is the application of the methodology of the event design using the campus methodology which we developed to do exactly what you just said right how do you get everybody on the same page not just in the delivery of the event but also in the creation of the event and so a creative confidence that an organization have, has Is usually based on not just the people that are involved but also the process that you have to ensure that certain outcomes come out of what it is that you do Um, what uh, when you when you consider design have you considered design thinking as an approach to creating your events
2: yes and no (laughs) (laughs) so I think we would like to do it even more because obviously um, Working in this kind of world where you have to work with so many different stakeholders, um, it's also always a question of time. <laughs> yeah. 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 And so I think uh, there's always, um, yeah, there's always definitely room for bringing in, in more uh, uh, event design thinking. Yeah. yeah.
1: So event creation can be a tedious process if there is no process, right? Or if there's a, pro- a different types of processes. And one of the things we found is that if you have a unified process in how you approach these things, you can also expect certain outcomes from the design process. So, in the case of the event behind us, for instance, um, what was done is that actually during a three-day event like IMAX, this was IMAX in in America, in Las Vegas, where we were out to prove that during three days, you could use the brainpower of people at a trade show to help an organization design an event from A to Z before the event was even over, meaning the trade show, a three-day trade show. Well, people are busy here, right? There's many agendas. You mentioned you just have one day. Um, what would you say if you were able to design your event with your team and get them on the same page in less than three days?
2: Yeah, that sounds great.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so the question is, whilst going to a trade show, or maybe even being at your very event, because your stakeholders are already there. Um, I'm looking over your shoulder and I'm seeing uh, M- MPI, uh, there which is an organization that we've helped also design their events over the past number of years and one of the things we will be doing actually next month in San Francisco is at their event design the very next event that's going to happen in Mexico because when your stakeholders are together you can get their brainpower and inputs because you need to know nothing about event design to design an event as long as you have a facilitator that knows how to orchestrate the brainpower of the people that are involved so um, one of the things that we like to do is to have structured thinking from multiple brains with various backgrounds and insights to contribute together to the process. And so the first step in that process is aggregating the ideas that people already have. I'm sure, I mean, is, is there ever a time when you're short of ideas or your members or team members or even your participants come to you and say, we should do this. <laughs>
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, uh, as you just mentioned, there's so much creative thinking and especially since we are working with all those different amazing people all over the world who mm. really do the work on the ground, who who have planted thousands of trees and grown them. And like those kind of people really are the ones we do the events for. And so I absolutely agree that the more we can get of their thinking and integrate that into our event planning, The better the outcome will be and the more it will also be useful for the people we are actually creating the events for.
1: And I think what you're describing is putting the user at the center, right? the ones that you need to serve are ultimately the ones that should drive what this event does for them. So one of the core identifiers is doing the stakeholder long listing and figuring out who are all these different types of stakeholders that are currently at, at our event, but also who are the ones that are not there yet, that should be there. And this is a very interesting little exercise that you can do very quickly in 15 minutes. Ask a group of people to long list uh, these stakeholders and then figure out together what is the overarching aim of the organization and how do we rank the power and interest they have over achieving that overarching aim. This is called an exercise that's called the stakeholder alignment exercise. It's step one. Very often when people are unconvinced of the fact that it's necessary to apply a design thinking methodology to what they're going to be doing, it's just to have that little exercise and see what happens after 13 minutes. (laughs) Without a doubt, like anywhere on the planet, after 13 minutes people will have a quarrel about which stakeholder has higher power or interest over achieving the overarching aim.
2: Exactly. Yeah, and it's also always the interesting question. I mean, the one one part is doing a stakeholder mapping, which we always uh, do as well. But then, of course, the other part
1: is how do we fulfill all their needs? (laughs) Exactly. How do you then filter? Because you cannot serve everyone. Trying to serve everyone will serve no one. Exactly. That's very often the case. The technique we tend to use there is to... um, And the funny story is this was added later to the methodology after we ran into this problem over and over again. And uh, we adapted the methodology to actually distinguish who do you need to delight, who do you need to inform, who do you need to involve, and who do you need to satisfy. There are four different quadrants within the gradients of the different uh, stakeholders. And the only ones you really need to design for are the ones that you want to delight. So that makes it easy. That's your filter. It doesn't mean you stop listening to the others. When you get to the end of the design, you do revalidate whether it will also serve those you need to satisfy, involve, um, or just inform. Long story short, Let's imagine there's a long list of, I mean, if you would make a long list, how many, think, how many stakeholders do you think would be on that list or when you've done them? How many stakeholder types do you have? Any idea? Wild guess?
2: At least ten, I would say.
1: At least ten, yeah. right? Now, ten stakeholders, that's a lot of spaghetti in the head. If you have to think of all of these stakeholders individually, one by one, as to what they want from the events, right? So. After going through this uh, filter you will see that um, you might single out three or four from those key stakeholder lists that you can then take and actually put into practice to start analyzing their behaviors from entry to exit and start framing the design problem. And What you're getting as a team of people, usually six or seven people or multiples of that join the design process and as a facilitator you orchestrate their thinking and through every cubicle there's 14 different cubicles uh, on the event canvas which is downloadable at eventcanvas.org it's available in 16 languages so the language you do it in doesn't matter right ultimately it ends up being a visual story but what you do is you systematically slice it into small chunks and ask the, the right questions extract the story recap the story in a one minute video and what you're coming away with is all the ingredients of the event Because you're doing it for each stakeholder separately, you have three very clear storylines. And from those three storylines, you deduct then what we call the event delta. Mm -hmm. And the delta is the design goal. You end up with three post-its per stakeholder of their entry exit behavior, and what the delta is in the middle, what you need to change. That's the filter you use to take out your ideas that you then use in the rapid prototyping, which once you've done the analysis of phase one, which might take you one hour per stakeholder plus 15 minutes for each stakeholder analysis, maybe a half hour to wordsmith the deltas properly. Um, Then usually it's good to uh, to have a little framing party. So what we do then to validate, you know, the analysis is done. We're happy with that. We understand what we're designing for. The next day or a week later, it doesn't really matter, whenever you're ready to go prototyping, you re-listen to the stories, the recaps that you had. Look at the delta take out the ideas from the quarantine and then you start rapid prototyping and these things can happen in 12-13 minute increments. Those rapid prototypes that come out will give you the option to actually have a long list of options and the rapid prototypes are most often best made by just two people. You split the group into teams of two, they brain fire very quickly at each other and ultimately you translate it into short little stories. The individual teams that go into often to rapid prototyping will then inspire each other from their prototypes. Very often it ends up being competitive, depending on the culture in the organization. Everybody wants their prototype to win. Now The interesting thing is that there's no winners or losers in event design, there's just options, right? But by being competitive, people want to sell the idea to others and it inspires others to steal the good ideas and recombine them in different forms and functions. So in the example here, there were, within no time, 12 different options. And there's one empty one, as you can see. The empty one is that prototype, which is, let's not do the event. What behavior will not get changed if you do not do the event? Which is very interesting to know. Then you come up with a long list or a short list of maybe from the 12, you go down to three. And that gives an option of choice to the event owner, based on the analysis and data that you've actually aggregated by doing the empathy mapping, articulating the behaviors, synthesizing the delta of the design goal, coming up with all of those options, using all the ideas and enriching the ideas, and then ultimately having options on the table. Now, what comes out the other end of the pipeline is very often not a wrong or a right event design. It's usually, the you know, is the organization ready for that event design? Because some might be radical outliers that might not be The organization might not be ready for them until maybe three or five or six years from today. But you can now park them on a timeline in a horizon of change to achieve the overarching aim. So this is in a nutshell what event design using event canvas methodology is. One thing I'm forgetting to say, which is critical, if you would go on site and do this, for instance, with your team, a fantastic exercise we would always recommend is to actually make a historic timeline. How long has your event existed? Do you know in time? Like how long has this been around?
2: So the first Global Landscapes Forum ever took place in 2012, if I'm not mistaken, but it wasn't um, an organization back then, it was only an event.
1: Um,
2: So it actually was created out of the Forest Day, uh, organized by the Center for International Forestry Research. Mm -hmm. And um, the managing director of the Global Landscapes Forum, John Comey, uh, he had this idea of Of creating something that um, is more holistic Mm -hmm. and that doesn't only look at one landscape in that case forests Mm -hmm. because I mean many many times you have a forest that is in the mountains or um, a river that goes through the forest and so you actually have more combination of landscapes rather than one single landscape that you should look at, yeah. and that is how the Global Landscapes uh, Forum started to okay. really have this holistic approach in terms of the landscapes, but also in the terms uh, in terms of the people who are participating. So um, that you really bring all the people together and and together find the best uh, solutions, um, not only for the environment, not only for the people, not only for the economy, but um, yeah, for all of them basically.
1: I love that. So actually, the event of a forest day turns into an evolution that ends up being an organization that's now looking after a full set of landscapes and over a period of 12 years what was the frequency what's the cadence of the event how often did it happen in the beginning every year every
2: yeah so at the beginning it just happened once a year and now we are at um, around three four big conferences per year And in addition, we have a lot of small events like uh, digital forums or side events uh, at other conferences. And um, we do also a lot of uh, events with partner uh, Mm -hmm. organizations together, so that they are the hosts of the event, but we um, help them implement it and find the platform and uh, do the promotion and the communications around it.
1: Wow. So within less than 10 years, this thing has become, you know, a big machine with many moving parts that your team is looking after, which is very impressive. But at the same time you use quite a bit of time of your stakeholders that come to your event, So you want to use that time as effectively as you can. Um, And looking at the history gives you very rich data about how the evolution came about. You you see the culture, the DNA of your organization come to life through the events. We have the saying that show me any organization's event and I'll tell you about their culture. (laughs) Because the event is a little petri dish where you plant the seed Uh, like yesterday. Uh, at the gala dinner that MPI had, it was interesting where uh, the CEO of the Messe Frankfurt wanted to thank Ray Bloom who uh, initiated uh, IMAX and uh, is, is the owner of this trade show. And he um, he said, you know, we could give you a cake or we could give you a statue, uh, which Ray really did, didn't want. <laughs> but instead, they gave them a small tree that they will plant on the fair, trade fair grounds, which will ultimately grow. right? So. Um, just to kind of loop the story together, I think what's so interesting is that the history tells you a lot about how you get to a specific place, but it's also the petri dish of what's coming next. Yeah. So it's a very fertile ground to, uh, to look at, but the landscape of events is literally what we look at. It's the horizons of change, identifying the context which is ever-changing, taking a future look at what it could be or should be, and designing for that to happen. If you can't picture it, you cannot make it happen. So this is about drawing that future picture, and then as a team, coming up with a way to, to hold up the story of how you want to get to that future place, and then you can build the path to get to that st- situation in the future. So, this has been a fascinating conversation. I, I I feel like I feel like this event is so on point, you know, that you're describing. I mean, Absolutely. the landscapes thing in the space we are right now, it, you know, it's, it talks about nature, but where are we? We're in a in a hall in the middle of Frankfurt, right? We have planes flying overhead, uh, we would take a car and drive outside in nature. You know, I'm driving back to Basel this evening, three and a half hours, and then I'll be back in the middle of nature again. Um, I want to thank you for coming to Frankfurt and to our uh, stand. Um, what questions do you have that are currently unanswered?
2: Well, first of all, uh, thanks for inviting me to this conversation, it was a pleasure. Um, and yeah, I think what I find really interesting or what I would like to hear from you is as well um, because at the Global Landscapes Forum we are kind of moving away from having those big overwhelming events where you have three days of an event with four parallel sessions going on um, because it just, yeah, it takes away sometimes a little bit the focus and also it is just a lot of um, from the organizer perspective, but also from a participant's perspective. Yeah. And so I'm curious um, to hear from you, how you envision that in the future to develop, because yeah, at the Global Landscapes Forum that's like kind of our way to move more to one day events, mm-hmm. but then also have like more of a campaign around it basically. Yeah. So yeah, curious what,
1: to know well, what you think about it. I think I think the hunch that you have is, is, is one opinion from a number of the stakeholders that you represent or that, that you're thinking about. I think it's very important to peel back the onion on what the different types of stakeholders find most effective and how they, what type of behavior you're trying to change. Um, I think you're absolutely right. I think time, the design of time is critical. There's a reason why your organization went from a day to a three-day event on a yearly basis to now four events a year with smaller increments of webinars and online and digital mixes of things in, in a portfolio of activity. Um, I think it very much depends on the context and on the things you want to achieve and how fast you want to achieve them and how big the increments of change are. And as soon as you quantify them and set them off against the expectations and the commitments that people have in time, but also the funds that they have and the cost and the revenue models for attending these events, what's happening in the global economy, right, around is it possible to travel in the first place? Uh, and if so, uh, is it desirable to do that? Uh, you know, all of these things play into the game. Um, And to have a clearer picture, you need to have a very clear design goal, because that will give you the answers as to what the best possible prototypes are for the future. So, I think it's a design thinking challenge. Uh, um, If I would have a solution, I would have an engineering uh, mindset. And the engineering mindset is problem-solution straight line, right? We like to think of a problem-solution set as a spaghetti bowl. Mm-hmm. You can never uncook that spaghetti, but you can pull out the right string and pull it towards the event and then start the spaghetti eating from there. Right? So It's a complex problem. Uh, spend some time with the problem and being okay not knowing the solution. I think <laughs> that's the art and the mindset of a good designer. It's about being in a perpetual state of wonder. Uh, wonder is the rocket fuel for creativity. Right? And Absolutely. the creativity needs to be focused, laser focused, at what the desired behavior change is, because then you will know automatically what comes through the filter, what will work, what will not work with your specific audience. And then it's about testing. You know, exactly. test it on a small event, on a bigger event, do they have the right response? Is this working? Is it not working? Adjust it. It's, it's this perpetual curiosity to understanding the behaviors of your stakeholders. And that's never-endingly changing. Because they're aging and they're growing and there's new people joining. and you know the climate is changing the environment is changing it's endless fascination
2: yeah i think you're absolutely right and i really like what you said about like not being afraid of of not really knowing what the outcome is or how it will be and i think at the global landscapes forum we're doing that a lot (laughs) because we always try to do new things and uh, so many times it is really jumping into the cold water and uh, then see with the resources that are there how we can, yeah, create uh, the the best event out of all those
1: different factors that come into it. (laughs) Uh, My one tip that I would have, you know, based on our conversation would be if you consider the design point, the starting point as an event. It's actually a little micro event with a smaller group of stakeholders that then builds into what might end up being a bigger or a series of events
2: that is exactly what we are going in or the direction into which we are going because that as we have like all those kind of smaller events um, we really try to weave them into bigger campaigns that then have as a peak the one-day event yeah. but that also have a lot of uh, pre and post
1: um, yeah, activities basically fantastic well. It's been an absolute delight to chat. I know we could chat for hours about this, right? Because we're in the middle I'm of the sure landscape. I'm sure we could, yes. So, so here's an idea. Um, what if I would challenge you that next year, at around this time, 2nd of June, 2023, or somewhere in, in, in that neighborhood, um, I invite you to the podcast again. Sounds and we talk great. about We talk about what kind of change you've seen or delivered, and if you've been able to apply event design using event canvas methodology, potentially, with your team. And then we can look back on that.
2: Yes, very happy to. (laughs) Awesome.
1: Well, I'm I'm really glad we had this conversation. Thank you for stopping by. And I look forward to uh, chatting again, hopefully before next year. But uh, then we can see the real deltas in our behaviors. Thank you so much. Okay, excellent. Thank you.
0: This has been another episode of the Design to Change Designer Conversation Series. Explore these conversations and additional content at designtochange.online. Want more right now? Tune into the backstage episode of this conversation and hear what the experts discuss offstage.